0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's episode 255. It's May 23rd, and there's absolutely nothing going on in the NFL. And is that a bad thing? No, it's not. Well, it is a bad thing in terms of current pain, both physical and emotional. But it's a good thing because this is why football is so awesome. This is one of the many reasons is that we're all a bunch of crack fiends and we have to go uh, into forced withdrawals for a couple weeks during the year. And these are those weeks. After the season ends, you got all the draft prognostication. You got combine. You got the draft itself. You got a couple weeks of analysis after the draft is completed. It's almost as exciting as the actual season itself. And then this right here is a desert situation. Thankfully, The Steelmen begin OTAs tomorrow. So there will will be things to report from that side of the coin. But right now, all we're doing is delayed gratification. We are making the six-hour road trip from Houston to New Orleans. No bathroom breaks. No Depends, no bottles, nothing. You're savoring it. So at the end of that ride... It's a sweet release, right? That's what we're looking for when it comes to football season. And that's why we're in the middle of all the nothingness right now. I mean, if I'm thinking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, same thoughts from the last few episodes are going through my head. I'm so excited for the Steelers offense in particular, but for the Steelers as a team, in a way that I haven't been excited probably in about three years since, the, since A.B. left and the, the decline of the Killer B's era where you lose that whole offensive line, Pouncy and all the guys, A.B., Bell, Bryant, basically the entire offense, which, of course, culminates in Ben coming back as a, sort of a shell of himself for a few years. So he was basically gone as well, and then now he officially is. So there's a ton of turnover, and the Steelers seemingly have replaced them with seriously talented guys. I mean, you got four proven guys on the offense already at the skill positions. And I have two very likely badass wide receivers and at least one uh, very good offensive lineman. So the Steelers are more are going to be more watchable, at least than they've been the past few years. And that itself is very exciting. Uh, to illustrate the point of how new the Steelers are, I think dad texted me earlier saying that the Steelers have one of the youngest offenses in the NFL. Only one potential starter, Mason Cole, who turned 26 in March, is Currently older than 25 years old. I'm trying to think through it. And yeah, that does track. That is insane. The Steelers have really turned that roster over. And the best part about it is some of these young guys have proven. Now, obviously, the three rookies, we have absolutely no idea. But they're all encouraging given the type of guys the Steelers have selected at those positions in the past. Given the fact that Kenny Pickett's a pretty pro-ready type of guy. And, uh, you know, pretty used to being in the stadium that way. But very excited for that. Before I launch into this sort of express episode right here, I would like to thank one of our sponsors, and that's ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use where you can talk to fans, podcasters, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the uh, ColorCast app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. So in light of the fact that Papa Tom is out of town on business and unable to do the podcast this week, I think all I want to do is sort of check in before we get to OTAs. And once we have some more of this dead period, which once again, I actually do find to be one of the most fun times of the NFL, because it's the most miserable, you're forced to resort to basically top 10 lists with your buds. It's top 10 season. Top 10 quarterbacks. Who do you think is going to finish where and which divi- in which division? Where are the standings going to go? And it's just nothing but hypotheticals. And if you're a complete and utter football loser like I am, these conversations literally have no end. Like me and cousin Pat P. Butch we could, and David, we could be talking about this stuff until, until we stop breathing. There's no official answer and to any of the questions. But... One of the questions I'm interested in is one that P. Butch posed to me yesterday while we were on the phone, and that is, how do you look at the AFC North shaking out this year, and how do you see it shaking out in five years from now? Who's going to be the top dog? Is it still going to be Joe Burrow and the Bengals, big play Bengals, or is it going to be Deshaun Watson or is it going to be Lamar Jackson? You're talking a, a number of MVP quality type quarterbacks leading their teams. Although it seems like they're sort of littering the entire league, or are you going to go with just simply the superior option, the mightier people, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a really interesting question. And so just some quick thoughts on what I think about this year. I, I do think it's a foregone conclusion that the Bengals are going to win the division. Uh, that seems sort of difficult to say with how talented the entire division is and how much they're going to beat each other up. But I think that the, the Bengals can be the best uh, Super Bowl losing team since the Patriots. And the, re- the reason why the Patriots are so good after losing the Super Bowl is because they were the Patriots with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But most teams suffer a slump after they use, lose the Super Bowl. I don't think that the Bengals are in that position at all because first off, they made it to the Super Bowl ahead of schedule. When you look at how their team is constructed, you have a MVP type quarterback. You have a a legitimate Hall of Fame level talent rookie receiver like Jamar Chase is like it's like a Randy Moss when the guy breaks on the scene and oh okay, immediately he's one of the best players in the NFL, if not the best receiver already. If his career goes well, you know, he stays healthy and everything. This is like and this is an, an unstoppable type of guy who already got added to a superstar receiving core. All those with a great running back, blah blah blah. improved defense, opportunistic. It's a lot of turnovers. Of course, it makes sense that they got to the Super Bowl. That's the exact type of team that does get to the Super Bowl, but it's the Bengals. And Joe Burrow, who was unbelievable as a rookie, was coming off just a knee explosion, I guess. I don't know. It was ACL, PCL, MCL, femur bone, calf. I, 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 his leg basically exploded his rookie year. And their offensive line somehow got worse. So that's why it just seems so utterly unlikely for them to make the Super Bowl on top of the fact that I don't think they ever won like two or three games in a row until the very end of the season and, and then obviously in the playoffs. So they were kind of flying under the radar the whole time. That being said, the swag on that team is, is absurd and they're young. They're super young, but they have enough veteran presence. They obviously have incredible experience given the fact that they just made a Super Bowl run. They have no weaknesses on their team. The offensive line has been tremendously upgraded. And then Joe Burrow just has that thing about him where he's kind of, he's kind of a douche in, in like an attractive way where, where you want your quarterback to be a little bit of a cocky douche. And everyone still likes him, but he's just got that thing where uh, we can talk about the intangibles after the physical traits are checked off. And obviously he has all the physical traits, and if you want to go to the intangibles – He's super cocky, and he's super confident, and it works out really well for him. So I think that you take that, the personality of the team, the trajectory of the team, and the fact that they're just built so perfectly for the modern NFL, which is that they have an awesome quarterback and too many receivers and skill position guys to guard. I think that they're, they have a good shot at going back to the Super Bowl. I actually like them better than the Bills, who are the consensus favorite. I just think that the Bills, they have two-star players on the whole team. That that's not enough. I it's not that I don't think that they can go to the Super Bowl. I definitely think they could, especially because Josh Allen might be the single best player in the NFL. You know, I'm not talking about Aaron Donald or anything. But, you know, it's him and Diggs, and then they got good guys like oh, Michael Hyde and Jordan Poole, all, all these good players, but not a lot of superstars, where the Bengals seem to have at least, well, I guess it's I guess it is the same thing with the Bengals with with Chase and uh and um Joe Burrow, but the other thing is they do have an awesome running back and they have a great running running game where the Bills actually don't even use one. So I just think that the, the Bengals are a little bit more well-rounded, although they're pretty comparable. So, yep, I think the Bengals, you can pencil them in for first place in the AFC North this year, although we know it, it literally could be any team, but I would put my money on them. And then comes the big question, which is who's getting second place? And it's just based off of how many games is Deshaun Watson going to get suspended for? Because... To me, if he could suspend it for eight or more games, I don't think the Bengals are getting second place. I think their team's in a little bit of turmoil, although their talent's absurd. But they're kind of in this weird holding pattern. Uh, so I don't know if they would actually get second that way, whereas if Deshaun Watson plays, it's it's tough to beat a guy like that when you have maybe the best running, back, or running game in the NFL and one of the most talented defenses on top of it, even if their receivers aren't very scary. they got decent receivers. So I'm going to assume... That since DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for six games for PEDs, you got to think Deshaun's going to get eight or something like that. Maybe he will get the whole year. Maybe the Trevor Bauer situation will play out. Uh, you know, the, the uh, MLB player who got suspended recently for two years for domestic abuse or something like that. Um, his Deshaun's lawyers came out and said that shouldn't have anything to do with his case, but obviously we know that it does because it's all about public opinion when it comes to the NFL and how they dole out their suspensions. If they have a vendetta against your team like that against the Patriots when the deflate gate thing happened or the saints from the bounty gate thing happened, or some Steelers fans here might be arguing, uh, you know, James Harrison was scapegoated a bit as the poster child for the player safety. Don't hit anybody movement. A um, little bit of both there. I'm not tipping my hat either way, but then the NFL is going to react to these social cases. So, I'm going to guess he's suspended for eight and I'm going to guess that the second place team, you, you're going between the Steelers and the Ravens. I think it's the Steelers. To be honest with you, the Steelers are better, potentially substantially better than they were last year. You know, depending on what happens with alu and Tuit, that's just an obscene upgrade to the defensive line. Obviously, hopefully, you hope Miles Jack's going to pan out linebacker, but that's not one you can totally count on or anything like that. But otherwise, they return most of their guys. Hopefully, Alex Highsmith is a year better. But the offense is just is so much more talented now. And I think that they're going to take their lumps because they're so young. But I don't think they're going to have to constantly go down the field on 14-play drives like they've been forced to the past three years. I think there's some potential for big plays and for – improvisational plays from Kenny and from the receivers and, you know, finding ways to get Najee the ball better. So the reason why I think the Steelers would get second place over the Ravens is that I think that Ravens passing game, it's a massive issue. Look, I'm actually a big Lamar Jackson fan. I do not think he needs to develop into an elite passer at all to win multiple Super Bowls. He reminds me a lot of Cam Newton, who's not an elite passer. Cam's arm is probably a little... It is a little stronger, but they're both herky-jerky throwers that throw closer to like 55 60%. But it just doesn't matter because the running is so good that you don't need to develop into a passer. The same way that Randy Moss didn't need to learn how to run routes. He's just so much better than everybody that he's going to blow by you on go-routes and screens and just back-shoulder stuff all day. Barry Sanders didn't need to be a power running back. There are some guys who are just so astronomically talented that they don't need to have a fully well-rounded game. They can just overpower people with their talent. I think that's what Lamar Jackson is if they play into it. But the passing game is so bad. And, yeah, they lost the 40th best receiver in the NFL, Marquise Hollywood Brown. And, unfortunately, that is a big deal for them. Unfortunately for us, it's a big deal for them. Furthermore, their rookie draft class is out of this world, but and I do actually think some of those guys will play well right away. I wonder about Linderbaum you know, calling signals as a center in the NFL. That might be a tricky transition, but we saw Creed Humphrey do it incredibly last year as a rookie for Kansas City, so it's not out of the question. Obviously, Marquise Pouncey did amazing for the Steelers, so given the reputation of those guys, you'd think that Linderbaum could go in. Obviously, Kyle Hamilton, right? I always mix him up with Kyle Harrison, the lacrosse player for uh, – Johns Hopkins back in the day. So Kyle Hamilton, I also think that he could adjust pretty quickly. But still, a lot of the team is super young. The Steelers have done really well against Lamar Jackson in particular. And the Steelers went to the playoffs last year and are better this year. And they're going to be playing about the same schedule as each other. So I I think that the Steelers, since their matchup is so nice against Baltimore, could shock a lot of people and get second place in the division this year because mainly because of the Deshaun Watson suspension. And I know I shouldn't have any faith in the Browns whatsoever. They've proved me wrong on that the past few years, but it is hard for me to see Deshaun, a proven commodity, somebody who's played amazing for a terrible team that had no line and barely any receivers and then plug him into a team that has um, good talent and good scheme and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to take a little risk and bet on the Steelers who are playing the underdog this year. I think that they could actually get second place, and then that will leave the Ravens. I'll put them in third. I'll put the Browns in fourth. They'll come up at the end, although I guess the Ravens, it's just so dependent on injuries. If they lose one or two guys, if they lose Lamar, they're in trouble. So that's my bold prediction for right now, and who's going to be on top in five years? Again, it should be so easy. It should automatically be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's in the Ben Roethlisberger Russell Wilson, Tom Brady seat, the guy who goes to the Super Bowl in his second year, you know, Dan Marino or whatever, John Elway. Like, this is a guarantee that, the, that he's going to be awesome. But I think I've learned over the past three years that you just can't discount how unbelievably bad the Ohio franchises are. And the Bengals, there's a legit chance that they'll screw this up. It looks like they're on the right trajectory. They're actually spending money in free agency, something they never did before. That's a Joe Burrow thing. That's because they realize, oh my God, we have a product now because this quarterback and, you know, the great receivers, whatever, but revolves around the quarterback. They're also finally building the indoor practice facility. So that shows, again, maybe they're a little more invested. But I think it will be a bit random for a team to be run one way for decades and then just to, to, to do a 180. So I don't think you can rule out the fact that the Bengals will screw this up in some way, shape, or form particularly in the era where players are demanding trades, that's not going anywhere. It's probably going to get more intense if anything else. Like what if Joe Burrow isn't there for 20 years? Russell Wilson going to the Broncos is insane. That's not like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning going in the last few years of their career. This is like, I don't want to say he has half of his career left, but almost depending on how it pans out. So again, I probably would take the Bengals with their success. And then after that, You'd honestly, you're just betting on the franchise quarterback. So, Deshaun Watson, a guy who's a scrambler, but spectacular pocket passer. So, it's not like Lamar when I'm thinking, like, oh, they could be on top in five years. But I think the way to use Lamar actually to um, bookmark something from the Lamar discussion earlier it's not really a discussion when it's just one crazed man speaking into a microphone. But what I was saying about Lamar is they should embrace him the way that uh, Carolina embraced Cam Newton. Like it's a 10 year career. It's not 20. You're not going to get the Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger situation. Just run him as hard as you can for 10 years, because that's his game. His game is special with the running and guys are going to be running patterns wide open as a result of that. So just play him like that. Don't get conservative, play to his strengths and you know, just accept that he's, it's going to be ten years, and then it's going to get a little tricky from the injuries and in the leg standpoint. So that's why I would put Baltimore in third or fourth, and you'd have to put Deshaun Watson in second. But again, it's the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. Can they hold anything together for two years, one year, let alone five more years? So that's what makes this. Con- and then you got the steel, and then you got the Steelers and the Ravens. So you have two of the most bumbling franchises over the last 30 years, even though the Bengals have been much more consistently good than the Browns have been. And then it's not like you have two good solid franchises in the division. It's not like you have, oh, good, you know, the the, the Chiefs or the Titans, oh, they're pretty consistently good. No, no, it's premier franchises, the Steelmen and the Ravens. You talk about those two teams and the Patriots because I'm not including the Packers. The Packers are just Favre and Rodgers and – they're just shooting themselves in the foot constantly. Not a fan. But you're you're talking about the most consistent franchises in the game and badass franchises. Franchises that look for players who want to rip your players' legs off and feed them to them in the middle of the night. Those are the kind of franchises you're dealing with. Ohio, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion. So that's how i would rank them. I'll put the Steelmen above the Ravens just because it's the Steelmen, but I don't think you can set that in stone at all, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens, just because of the pure ineptitude of the AFC North Ohio teams. So that's just one little discussion I was thinking about and that Pat and I had over the weekend. We're allowed to have these discussions on our own, but we're allowed to have them on this podcast because of Sports Drink Network, everybody. Thank you to Sports Drink for being our sponsor. Sports Drink is a newly founded internet company that's trying to find the intersection between sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow. They have a ton of podcasts that are specialized for other teams. So if you'd like to get info on other teams or if you like our podcast, maybe your buddy's a fan of another team. They could check out our Sports Drink podcast. You can check those all out at Sports well, any any place where you get podcasts, or you can go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at @sprtsdrnk. It's Sports Drink without the vowels. Check it out. Thanks to Sports Drink for being our sponsor. So, I'm psyched up for OTAs. I'm sure there'll be a lot of pictures, there'll be some little, little interviews here or there, some human interest stories, we won't be able to tell anything about reps. You know, veterans are going to get the reps and everything like that. But it's still fun just to see the pictures of them on the field. It's cool to see Calvin Austin and Pickens and Pickett in their jerseys doing the Rookie Symposium pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to check my text right here to see if Dad had anything else that he wanted to mention, just the OTA start tomorrow and how young the Steelers are. We got those things. Got down. So, anyways, should be a lot to talk about. Looking forward to the next few weeks. like for Steelers football. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. On Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Send us an email at Steelers Outpost at gmail.com. Until next week, go stealing. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you.